Hello folks, welcome back to the 9to5Athlete podcast. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome. I actually don't need to do that anymore because I've already got the little jingle at the start. So hello everyone, hope everyone's doing well. Um, the podcast episode is coming a little bit late this week due to the fact that my last guest um, had pulled out twice. Um, I was really disappointed in her. Um, she was absolutely spewing a ringer um, over the toilet two days in a row because of the thing in her stomach right now, which is a baby. And that, yeah, basically, she just wasn't feeling up to it the past two days. I spoke about if you're kind of clueless as to what I'm talking about right now. Ellie was meant to be coming on the podcast. I'm meant to be asking a few different kind of just generally funny questions and then just speaking absolute shite. So basically, she couldn't do that this week because she wasn't feeling good. Uh, so I had to come up with another idea. And my annoying, if I say I'm going to do something, I have to do it in nature meant that I had to stay up. Um, on my laptop for hours last night planning this podcast today. Um, so here we are with a completely different topic of podcast. Um, and we're going to be talking about how to be a hybrid athlete. Now that's a phrase that we're seeing kind of chucked about the place a lot more nowadays. I'm a hybrid athlete and you see these, you see a lot on TikTok, like TikTok kind of just like shoves the algorithm into your face. Like if you're any in any way interested in training, in any way interested in running and lifting weights, you will see this phrase that's thrown about right now, hybrid athlete. And a lot of the people that I train could put themselves into this bracket. <clears throat> it's become a very popular kind of method of training. And technically, like a lot of us have kind of been doing it already to a certain aspect, and it's quite hard to actually find what the definition for this is. Um, so I will let you know what the definition is. Um, but my experience within this already I mean, technically, the definition states that like if you do more, two or more disciplines at once, then you're technically a hybrid athlete. Hybrid just makes it sound fun. Um, like I play football just now and I lift weights and I do a bit of running. So am I a hybrid athlete? I'm not entirely sure. Am I just a footballer who likes to keep himself in shape and likes to make sure that he's athletic on the football park and then kind of does a wee bit of running on the side just for just for fun? I would also call it that, but you could technically throw the phrase that I'm a hybrid athlete. Um, I have definitely went completely down that route before, um, about a year and a half ago, where I decided to quit football for six months, which was a hard decision to make. I actually just stepped away from it altogether um, around about the time that I moved into my house, and I decided to sign up for a half marathon, two half marathons, three half marathons, um, <clears throat> a sprint triathlon, and the goal was to complete the half marathon, the sprint triathlon, in the quickest time possible while um, getting as strong as possible with my pull-up. Like These were my strength KPIs. My key performance indicators were the pull-up, the deadlift, the bench, and the squat. And I think simultaneously, I did like a... I think it wasn't anything like miraculous. You wouldn't write it on the Hall of Fame. Um, I did a one-hour 41 half marathon, um, which is my PB. Um, I did a completed a sprint triathlon let's just say that not very successfully um there was a slight bike malfunction um during that which i'll not go into i've spoke about that before um while deadlifting 205 for two 
Um, I benched 110 for one um, and I back squatted 157.5 for one. So I was pretty chuffed with that. That's the strongest I've ever been, actually. Um, and I was doing it simultaneously alongside the triathlon training. Um, that obviously included I was running, I was swimming, I was cycling, I was lifting weights four times a week, sometimes five. Um, so I was hell of a busy. Um, but with taking, I actually took myself away from football at that point. So it did mean that I had that little bit more time to actually focus in. Like at that point, like, you know, football dictates the times that you need to go to the gym. For me, like I was swimming in the morning and then I was maybe going to the gym at night and it was fine because I could just like structure my my life around that. Um, and I actually quite enjoyed that. And I'm sure it's something that I'll do again, but um, I am enjoying my football just now. So I'm not planning on doing that anytime soon. So hybrid athlete let's go in a little bit more detail into it so <clears throat> the phrase hybrid athlete was coined from a particular guy now what was that guy called again his name was alex i think you call it vida or vaida um he was the guy that kind of came up with the idea originally with his book the hybrid athlete um and he was one of the first people to kind of take on this style of concurrent training. Um, I think the first thing that he did was he squatted and deadlifted like both over 700 pounds raw while also running a sub 430 mile and completing an, uh, completing, competing in ultra marathons and triathlons at the same time. So he was the one of the first examples of a hybrid athlete. Not to say that things like this haven't been done before where people just got super strong alongside running. Like it's been done before, but this is where the phrase really came from. Um, and like typically hybrid athlete isn't just like you just you don't just pick two disciplines. You don't just go, okay, I'm gonna swim and I'm gonna play tennis and I'm a hybrid athlete. Um, like you can call yourself whatever you want, but that's not really what it's talking about. Typically, it's when you will take a like a strength aspect. So it could be bodybuilding and, or it could be being a strength athlete. Strength is usually the, is the usually the common one that people go with. It's like a gym-based performance type goal alongside some sort of cardiovascular endurance um, thing because they're two very chalk and cheese disciplines which don't really complement each other. And here's the actual definition to the hybrid training the concurrent training of two or more athletic disciplines that do not inherently support each other and whose disparate components are not essential to success. So basically, like, if you couldn't, like, pluck apart what that actually means, it's essentially, like, if I'm doing, if I'm squatting 700 pounds, it's not necessarily making me a better ultramarathon runner. If I'm running ultramarathons, it's definitely not making me a better deadlifter, let's be honest. Like, there's only so much you can do. Um, but this is the beauty of it. Like you get to do two things. You get to commit to progression in two or more disciplines. And that's fun. Like I really enjoy that. And look, you're not, you're not then going to become the best ultramarathon runner in the world. You're not then going to become the best powerlifter in the world. You're going to have to give and take to each of those disciplines. But yeah, I just think it's pretty cool to be fucking like huge and absolutely strong and then be able to run a marathon as well. Um, so yeah, and if you go onto YouTube right now and you you just type in hybrid training, you'll come across various different people doing various different challenges. I tried to run a four-minute mile and squat 
300 kilograms. I tried to do an ultra marathon under extreme fatigue from powerlifting. I tried to do this, that, and the next thing. Like it's just very common for people to do these challenges nowadays. I also have a coffee right now. So if you hear me drinking, um, that's what I'm doing. As I've said before, this podcast is not the most professionally um, made podcast in the world. I will, you will hear the post every now and again. You will hear my chair squeak. You will hear me slurp away a coffee. You will hear me swear at getting a phone call halfway through the podcast. Um, but I'm getting better at turn on, turning on Do Not Disturb. But somehow, Ellie's managed to, to hack the Do Not Disturb and she can still get through to me. I think there is some sort of option. It's like if the person has it on Do Not Disturb, you can push, like you can press push notification anyway. So it comes through and just makes this annoying iMessage noise. Anyway, on to the next part. So I've kind of spoke about this already. Like what is hybrid and what could it entail? It would typically entail like a strength component alongside an endurance component. It would typically entail some sort of sport, some sort of kind of athletic um endeavor alongside something to do with being in the weight room um again I, I suppose like again i'll use me as an example just now like i'm playing football let's say i don't i don't really like saying this out loud because it sounds a bit cringe it's junior football but it's technically semi-professional makes it sound 10 times better semi-professional I'm semi-professional whatever man just go over it um doing that alongside running half marathons alongside doing high rocks alongside lifting weights in the gym um, and trying to keep myself in good nick. Like I'm trying to do that all at once just now. And that will entail, let me take you through my week. Um, I don't want to, again, bore the tits off you, but my week on a Monday, Monday morning, train in the gym, go to football training at night. Tuesday, train in the gym, nothing else on a Tuesday. Wednesday, high rock session, train football at night. Thursday, upper body gym session friday another upper body gym session one's push one's pull saturday game of football and just now sunday has been when i've been running so i've been doing my run club on a sunday which is anywhere from like six seven eight nine ten k um and lately i've done a couple of half marathons so that's kind of how my training looks and that's what i would kind of classify there's, there's a hybrid aspect to that because there's multiple disciplines in there like if i took the running aspect out of that undoubtedly I'd be able to put more into my football training. If I took the high rocks aspect out of that, I'd maybe be able to put more into my athletic performance. I'd maybe recover a wee bit better, but I'm recovering fine just now. Like I've, I've got enough in the tank to do this. And I'm going to tell you a wee bit later on as to why I can do that right now. I'm not taking any performance enhancing drugs before anyone thinks that's what I'm about to say. Um, I'll let you into that secret a little bit further down the line. Um, one thing you need to know if you're going to be hybrid training, if you're going to be doing multiple disciplines, you need to know about this little study that took place in the 1980s. So there was a professor called Mr. Holosi, um, and I took this off of a Fergus Crawley video just the other day, and a student called Robert Hickson. <clears throat> so Professor Holosi, I'm going to murder this. I might not get this absolutely right, but I'll get the premise of it right and you'll get the point. So the, I'm pretty sure it was some sort of like sports kind of, he was some sort of sports and sports science kind of professor. And Robert Hickson was a power lifter. So he liked lifting weights. Um, but Professor Holosi was into his running. So to try and impress Professor Holosi, he started running. So Robert Hickson was running like three, four, five, six times a week. What he found was as he started running alongside his power lifting, 
he started not recovering as well for his powerlifting. He started finding that he couldn't make the same gains with his powerlifting because of his running. Um, so he went to Professor Holosi and was like, "What's like? I've noticed that since I've started running, my weight training has really taken a hit. It's really suffering." So what he decided to do was he was gonna. He's obviously a student and he had his dissertation to do. So <clears throat> what he decided to do was he was going to study the effects of three control groups. So one group was heavy, hard lifting three times a week. That's all they were doing. That's group A. Group B was hard effort running three times a week. Um, and group C was doing both of those things combined. They compared all three of the groups after the study was finished. I think it was done over a 16-week period. I need to check this study again. I, I, I hate saying things that like are in studies and I'm misquoting them. So I am going to put an asterisk next to this, but I know that this next point is, is true. The, the individuals that did both training methods combined got worse results than A and B did in both of those disciplines. So... Long story short, if you're trying to do two things at once, you will not get the same results as doing one of them at a time. But that's a sacrifice you need to be willing to make. And this is what we call the interference effect. Um, and this was actually, this is like 1980. This was this was kind of thought of. Um, now, the interference effect has been yet, it's been since studied quite a lot. And I think what they've found over the years is the interference effect is not as strong as what they think it is. Um, doing multiple disciplines. For example, you know, you've heard the old kind of um, myth that cardio kills your gains, man. Like, don't do fucking cardio. Why would I do that? I actually had a conversation with a client not that long ago, and they told me that the, let's not throw anyone under the bus right now. They told me that a particular individual that they know that is associated with a gym um, does not believe in running, doesn't believe in it, just doesn't believe in it, just never mind. Uh, innate human um, behavior that we've like done for years never mind running away from fucking saber-toothed tigers on the savannah what did we do we just, we just walked we just walked we just lifted some weights back then we never ran doesn't believe in running um i bet he finds it really enjoyable getting up a set of stairs by the way i'm not saying you need to run and um, he just doesn't believe in running or cardio which is mad um but anyway yes <clears throat> the interference effect has since been downplayed slightly the thing that's more important is the overall volume of the work that you're doing throughout the week. So it's fatigue in general. It's not necessarily that cardio kills gains and it's not that lifting weights makes you slower. It's the overall fatigue that comes from that work. Like you only have a certain capacity to do a certain amount of work in a week, which I'm going to touch on very, very soon. Um, as soon as literally right now. Um, so maximal recoverable volume, MRV. You'll have heard me speak about this before. Coffee break. Hello again. Um, maximal recoverable volume is what I just described as MRV. So maximal recoverable volume is like this. It's quite a hard thing to measure because you can never really, you can never really figure it out because it has so many different variables and so many different aspects that affect it. I just want you to imagine a protein shaker and i've used this one before a million different people have used it before think about a protein shaker think about it with a liter capacity and um, on a daily basis 
and on a weekly basis. You can think about this this protein shaker on a weekly basis or on a daily basis. You have a maximal recoverable volume. Let's let's think about a week because a week's probably easier to imagine because a lot of us have our training sessions logged into a week. Like we look at a week and we think, can I complete all my sessions this week? That's what we imagine. We don't kind of some people like they'll program in slightly different ways where they'll be kind of doing like like a, just a like a 10 day split that just like continues 10 days 10 days 10 days rather than just thinking about the week anyway let me go on to the point that i'm about to make so we think about our maximal recoverable volume in this protein shaker over a seven day week what do we need to put into that shaker what is our maximal recoverable volume what what takes up our volume so our training sessions how hard we train how long we train for how hard a week at work we had the stress that we had um the food that we ate the sleep that we got like that that um that shaker ends up not being a liter if you don't sleep well it ends up being fucking 500 milliliters and it overflows so much easier if you don't sleep so the actual capacity of this maximal recoverable volume will change week on week based on how big it is but then based on what you put in it so we can never really measure this other than having something along the lines of like a whoop band or something like my whoop band will will show me my heart rate variability it will show me my stress it will show me my sleep it's the closest thing to me being able to measure my maximum maximal recoverable volume over a week um as i'm going to get at this point in my life unless i am literally some sort of lab some sort of lab rat that's just being like controlled on a day-to-day basis like we as humans yeah we like habit we like routine we like structure we like knowing how we're going to feel i'm very much like that i'm a bit of a control freak when it comes to my emotions and when it comes to my i don't mean that in that way when it comes to i want to know how i'm going to feel i want to know i'm going to get nine hours sleep because i know if i get never get nine hours sleep by the way seven and a half hours sleep if i get seven and a half hours sleep or over between that and nine, I know I feel good the rest of the day. If I get under that, I'm like, oh, fuck's sake. Like, it annoys me. But I get used to that, you fucking idiot, Ryan. Um, but yeah, so I like being in control of these things, but it's very, very hard. Um, so what we've got to imagine, right now, you are a strength athlete. You like lifting weights, and you're not really doing much running, much cardio at all. And your maximal recoverable volume within your training is... 100%. So that's like four strength sessions a week. Um, so you're like, right, okay, I want to be a hybrid athlete. And you, you tell yourself that and you go, right, I'm going to be a hybrid athlete. So what you do is you get, you keep your four strength sessions and you don't change them one bit. And then you add three runs on top of that. So what have you just done? You've added 100%. And then let's imagine three runs. You've added another 100%. How much percent is that? 200%. How much can you recover from that you've just found out because you've been training, you've been pushing yourself with your strength training. You can recover from 100% and that's been working for you. Therefore, if you then go and add another 100%, you're not going to recover. You're going to be fatigued. Overall stress is going to go through the roof. You're going to finish the week and you're going to be absolutely fucked. You're going to be sore. You're going to be knackered. So what we need to do is one of two things with this approach. One of probably more than two things. It could be three, four things. But let me take you through the most simple ones. Excuse me. We need to extract a percentage from the strength training. We need to take away 30%, 40%. 
And then what we do is we add 40% running into that. Now, you can never know what that's actually going to look like unless you've got someone who is meticulous in the planning of programs, someone that really knows what they're doing. They know every mile that you're going to step. They know every rep that you're going to take. They know how much you lift. They've got a way of recording it. Oh, I know someone I know someone that can do that. I'm not sure who though. Um, anyway, you're you have to work out the percentages. You have to be smart and you have to make an educated guess based on this so that you don't overtrain. You don't overreach. You don't do too much too soon. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, you must sacrifice volume from one to put into the other. You will not be a master of both instantly. You need to build. You need to build over time. The other danger with this is as well is that with when you're doing this kind of training, um, it's sometimes hard to actually see when you do have that 200% and you might get away with it one week. You might kind of, you might grind through the second week. You might listen to your David Goggins podcast the third week and you're fucking in agony and you're absolutely knackered, but you've made it through and you grind and you grind and you grind and something called accumulative fatigue um, creeps up on you and slaps you in the face and you end up being absolutely knackered and then you go, oh my God, what, what do I do now? And then you caffeinate the shit, you did the shit out of yourself and then you go again for the fourth week. But it is a load management thing. Like you cannot underestimate how important managing your load. Um, I'm trying to not do an accidental innuendo right now. Um, load management is so important. Um, you need to know where you're at and you need to, you need to, again, progressive overload. Like it's one of the most, um, simple yet overlooked um, aspects of training like you don't just go into the gym on your first day and try to squat three plates either side like you need to build it up over time so it's the same with the overall work that you do across the week another good way to do it and like it's again quite a technical way to do it is like if you add up all the sets and reps that you do over the week so you do three sets of 10 at 100 kilograms back squat you do three sets of 10 uh, 100 kilograms deadlift you do let's just imagine you go through every single one of your exercises and you do the the, the multiplication of all of them and you come up with a number at the end that will be into the tons but then that can be your overall load for the whole week um i don't necessarily recommend that because it's, it's a little bit complicated and takes a lot of addition there's, i'm sure there are apps out there that can do that for you um but you've got to understand there's got to be a bit taken away or you've got to start really, really small with the addition of this other discipline. So it's like, okay, I'm doing all my strength sessions. Let me just add in a 15-minute run. Next week, let me add in a 20-minute run. Next week, let me add in a 30-minute run. Okay, I've got that one run in. The week after, let me see if I can add another one in, another five, another 10 minutes, a 15 minutes. You've got to be patient. Um, if you're not willing to take away from your strength training, you've got to be willing to accumulate this extra volume really, really slowly. <clears throat> Excuse me, I keep coughing. I've got a really annoying throat. So yeah, this next bit was kind of just like, yeah, the impact of the impact of uh, maximal recoverable volume. Like the other thing that's really important for a hybrid athlete is nutrition. Actually, no, we'll go on to the. My God, sorry, this is really annoying. This is this is the danger of when you don't. <coughs> when you don't edit these things you just have to keep your coughs in which is really annoying i've just got i just gotta go with it because editing is not something that i'm willing to do it takes way too long 
And this man does not have a lot of time to be doing editing. Maybe I just need to get someone to edit them for me. Anyway, the weightlifting runner. I'm about to show you an example of what the weightlifting runner's week might look like. Now, all things considered, some people have more time to train than others. Um, some people don't have as much time to train than others. Some people have kids. Some people don't have kids. Some people work 50 hours a week. Some people work 20 hours a week. Some people have all the money in the world to be able to spend on different gym memberships and this and that and childcare. It's just, yeah, it's everyone's different. However, this is like a common example of what it might look like Monday through to Sunday. Um, and something I found when I started doing this kind of style of training with the triathlon um, and with the gym work, I started to find this random time. I was like, how do I have enough time to do this? But you see when you actually give yourself a lot to do sometimes, you actually miraculously miraculously start finding time to do things that you didn't you didn't once think you had. I started to find I was like, right, I've got I'm going for a swim in the morning, then I'm going to the gym at night, and then I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm super productive. Um and yeah, I was just like, how have I got all this time in the world? But I just made it happen. Um easy for me to say I'm self-employed and work from home a lot of the time. So it was easier for me. But there are people, I see people all the time like there's a guy I heard about just the other weekend there who is a full-time um, accountant and does a, I can't remember how many, he trains for about fucking 35 hours a week or something like that for his Ironman. And I was like, excuse me, that's a full-time job. I was like, you train how long? And he just like gets hours and hours and hours and he's done like ultra marathons and yeah, totally mad. His life's just training. He gets up like four in the morning to go for runs and stuff like that. It's my, it's my intro. I don't know what I was about to say there. <clears throat> but yeah, so the weightlifting runner, his week might look something like this. I'm using this because it's an example of a client that I signed up a couple of weeks ago. Um, so they do an easy run on a Monday. Um, this is what they've got time for. They'll do weights on a Tuesday. This is a full body, um, full body push session. Or a Wednesday, they'll do some sort of like interval threshold run. Um, Thursday, they'll do another full body weight session. Friday, they will do the long run. Um, so they'll do the, the long run. Saturday, they will do an upper body weight session, um, which is a lot more kind of like bodybuilding focused. Um, wanted to make sure they got a better chest, better delts, better biceps. So we're like, well, just let's, let's just chuck that in there. Is that going to complement your running? No, but screw it. You'll feel good. And then Sunday um, is a rest day. If they need it, or they're going to do some zone two low intensity, steady state cardio, um, which can be done on a bike um, or can be done with a very light run. Now, you will notice that they are training pretty much every day of the week. Now, what we do with this person, um, and again, it's hard to say because we've only trained this person a couple of weeks. What we do with this person is we will say to them that Sunday, if you need that rest, please take it. If you need just a bit of time away from your training, please take it. This person is also only in the weights room for 45 minutes, three times a week. The runs right now are very short. They're not that long. Um, their longest run is about six kilometers just now. Now, that's their long run right now based on where they're at. Um, so they're technically in the gym like two hour, less than two hours a week, and they're running less than an hour 15. So it's not really a lot of work to be doing. They just need to pluck a little bit of time up each day to do it, um, and it's doable. What we'll also do with this individual is we will operate with a even when needed deload system. So deload, you'll probably be familiar with the term, is essentially just you 
like knocking the intensity or the volume of sessions down. So when this an individual needs a deload, what we will sometimes do is we'll make the weight sessions, we'll drop down the RPE of the weight sessions, we'll essentially just say lift at 50%, lift at 75% as to what you could usually do. We will turn down the volume on all the runs, essentially, where we will make them all just light recovery runs, um, or we will simply actually take like we might even take one of the runs away and one of the weight sessions away just to give an extended amount of recovery time where they're actually not in the gym at all, just to give their body that overall kind of recovery um, allowing that systemic stress to drop. Um, and yeah, just allowing them a bit of freedom to go and do what the hell they want. Um, so that is the weightlifting runner. And this particular weightlifting runner has um, enjoyed their training. They've just started. On to the next one. <clears throat> <clears throat> nutrition. So nutrition as a hybrid athlete um, really does depend on the level of hybrid athlete that you are. Depends where you're at. So a lot of people get quite obsessed with nutrition as a hybrid athlete and as a endurance kind of runner slash weightlifter. There's a couple of things to consider here. So when you're lifting weights, you are going to break down muscle tissue you need extra protein to make that muscle recover so that you can make the strength gains um if you don't get that sufficient nutrition in you're not going to get any stronger and then what's going to happen is if you don't get that sufficient nutrition and you're going to be going into your runs with serious doms you're going to have sore legs you have a sore upper body you're generally going to be pretty fucked up and um, there's one thing I found with this style of training is it literally will pull your pants down if you don't get your nutrition, your rest, and your recovery right. It will tell you very quickly that you are not doing the right things. If you want to do this style of training with five, six training sessions a week, but you still want to go out every single weekend and get absolutely brutal, especially after your probably longest run of the week at the weekend or either on a Friday or Saturday, good luck to you. Good luck to you. It probably will not work. Um, or you're just going to need to deload every three weeks or you're going to need to really knock things back like a lot. It goes without saying, like everyone knows this, like drink and fucking don't recover and don't sleep. Your your results are not going to be as good. Um, but yeah, obviously that's the first thing to consider with your weight training, with your strength training, whatever it is that you're doing in the weight room, breaking down muscle tissue um, and looking for adaptation there you are going to need sufficient protein to make that happen. You're going to need sufficient calories in general. Then when we think about the endurance side of things, depending on where you're at, if you're just starting off, there's not a massive amount of consideration that needs to be made for the actual calorie intake, other than making sure you're getting sufficient calories. What's also important is as you begin to build the distance up, say, for example, I've got a couple of athletes that are, for example, let me use... Um, Mr. 95 athlete, Rory Crichton, as an example, I feel like I speak about him every week on this podcast, but he's a fine example. When he was training for his ultra marathon, um, the two day ultra marathon, one day was 50 kilometers, the next day was 60 kilometers. Um, he, the first time that he tried to train, he, I think he tried to train for like a sub 17 minute 5k and I'm pretty sure he got it. If not, it was very close to it. The photo of him on the finish line is a really fine example of what I'm about to talk about here. He was like a twig, and he won't mind me saying. Um, it was something that we highlighted very early on when I started coaching him, is that, like, don't get me wrong, it may have supported some of his running goals, but 
he lost loads of muscle tissue and lost a lot of strength. And as a hybrid athlete, someone like Rory was wanting to stay strong this next time that he did the ultramarathon. He didn't want to kind of float away to, to nothing. And for the most part, if you are in a constant calorie deficit while you're training for an endurance event, you will get weaker. You will be more, you will be more likely to pick up injuries. And being a wee bit heavier is okay to a certain aspect. Like you don't want to lose all of your weight. Losing a bit of weight can be beneficial depending on where your starting point is. But we didn't want him to lose any more weight this time that he did an ultramarathon because he was doing back-to-back days of 20, 30, 40 kilometers. He was probably running almost like eight. I can't remember what his top volume was in terms of his running. I think there were some weeks where we probably could have been scraping like 70 to 80 kilometers a week alongside three gym training sessions two to three gym training sessions and um, so we needed to make sure that he was replacing that as much as he possibly could be so every time that he went out on a run um based on the and don't get me wrong this is not always accurate but strategy that we used is the calories that he burns on his watch and um, on his apple watch or garmin whatever it was he was using at the time say for example he ran a massive run um 20 odd kilometers and he burnt a thousand calories what we would then do is we would make sure that we took 50 percent of the calorie burn his watch given and then added that on to his daily target on that day so if his daily target was let's say i think it was roughly around two eight to three thousand like just on a daily basis it might have not been that but just hypothetically imagine it was that we would then add on 500 extra calories to that making it 3300 to 3500 so we made sure that one, he was getting a sufficient amount of calories that he needed to recover from those runs because those runs are taxing. It's not just like he just ran for the sake of running like and burnt a few calories. Like he's running. There's, these runs are taxing. They take it out of you. So having that extra fuel to actually replenish Rory was going to be massively important. But what was also important was that um, he didn't fade away to nothing and that his strength work was then not suffering. So you've got to think about this like vice versa. You've got to think about the fact that we don't want to fade away to any like fade away to nothing by burning loads of extra calories during the week because we're doing this endurance work and not replacing them because then you'll not get the benefits of your strength work like we need calories like it just goes without saying like if you want to if you want to try something that's going to mean that you get to eat a shit load, shit load more food then this is the style of training for you and um, but i want to also make a comment on that as well is in the mistake that i've made when i was doing it is i used it as an excuse to eat fucking loads when in reality, I was actually overshooting it and probably eating more than I actually needed um, when I was doing this style of training. Um, and I think a lot of people get obsessed with that. Like they're running 7K and they're like, right, I need carb load for this 7K. It's like, realistically, you don't need to carb load for a 7K. When you start running like endurance distances, like 20 kilometers plus, half marathon plus, arguably 15, 16, 17, anything, if you're running over an hour, there is an argument that you may need that extra carbohydrate. But if you're well-fueled anyway, um, I would probably say that it's not that necessary. Um, but yeah, nutrition is is really important. And you've got to also remember as well, like you're putting your body through a lot. So good nutrition, good quality food is going to be massively important. Like making sure that you are hydrating well, making sure that you are getting vitamins, minerals. Like you need to understand that like when you're, doing a lot of training like training is stress training is a type of stress like if you go out for the next seven days and go and help your old man in the garden digging up the garden and that's not what you usually do 
like you, you work behind a desk. If you go and dig that garden up for the next seven days, every night after work, you will be fucking tired. You will be, you'll be like, you'll be deflated. You'll be stressed. You'll be like, I'm not used to this shit. It's the same with training in the gym. Like people obviously are right in the sense that training makes you feel good. Training makes you feel energized, but it's also a stressor. Like it does take it out of you. So don't just expect to be adding all this training and willy nilly and not refueling and refueling and recovering. Um, because what can happen is if you overtrain, you can get ill. Like I've done this many a time before. I have kicked the absolute arse out of it with my training. I've tried to recover as best I can, but I've I've actually ended up just making myself ill. Um, so yeah, you need to you need to really take that into consideration. So the next thing, and something that I still believe people do wrong, also is yeah, this uh, I kind of just spoke about it anyway. I said that this is literally what I've got written down. This type of training will pull your pants down unless you have your habits and planning in place. You don't get away with murder. Um, my whoop band tells me when I've taken it too far just now like a lot of the past couple of weeks I've been playing football on a Saturday I don't wear my whoop band when I play football but I'm sure it would tell me that I should be recovering after a game of football I've been doing the run club on a Sunday morning in the past few weeks I have sat down on a Sunday afternoon and I've been fucking gassed like I've been like woof and I wake up on a Sunday morning my whoop goes you've recovered 30-40% to me, that then says I need to recover. Um, heart rate variability is something that the whip band reco- rec- like it, it records, and it it does tell me like when that goes down or when it goes up, and that's a nice indication of I'm like doing too much. Um, something to note as well is like you will probably feel quite a bit of tightness. You'll feel quite a lot of like when you're doing multiple disciplines that don't support each other. If you've done heavy back squats one day and then you go to try and road run the next day there's a good chance you're probably going to feel something that doesn't feel too great. You're maybe going to feel a wee bit tight. So mobility work, stretching, probably having a quite consistent um, visit to the physio is going to be massively important. Um, Something that I will incorporate with pretty much all of these athletes is like accessory work with with the lower body that supports whatever it is the discipline that they're doing. But again, I speak about runners and strength athletes combining quite a lot and um, things like weak glutes, things like weak hips, things like hamstrings, calves, um, shin splints are pretty common injury between these kind of people because they are putting so much load through these through these muscles. And when, as I said, when you've squatted really heavy on a Monday and you try to run on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, um, you may find if you don't get the intensities right with, with your running, you might find bits of pain in your hips and, and whatnot. So yeah, really important. What's also important is that you go into this style of training with with a real standard, like a standard of how you're going to operate um, and goals and targets and events. Like have things to look forward to because like sometimes with this style of training, you can really feel like progress is slow. Um, you can feel like, oh, I'm not really getting that much stronger, faster. I'm not really getting that much faster, 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 faster. I'm not getting that much faster with my running. Um, so having goals and targets to work towards is going to be really, really important. Um, and again, like the way that I'll program this is in is in like different blocks. Like we will we'll not just go willy nilly. Okay, we're going to run, we're going to swim, we're going to bike, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and just hope for the best. And just there is a progression to it. There is a target to it. We may well focus in on something a little bit harder for a period of time, 
rather than just trying to focus on everything. There is still an aspect of periodization that needs to be considered. Like we need to periodize this in such a way where it's not just all this different stuff willy-nilly and just hope for the best. Like there may be periods of time where we focus harder on your building up your distance or your running. We might take a wee, a wee bit away from some of the movements within the gym that are, that are causing that extra bit of fatigue that we maybe don't need. We're maybe going to go through a period when you've not got a, an event booked in for a while. Okay, you're, you've not got, you've just finished a running event. Okay, maybe this is the time to work on that squat. Maybe this is the time to work on that deadlift. Um, we will periodize things in seasons and cycles to make sure that you're getting the most out of your training based on where you're going. Um, it Like when we are maybe two weeks out from a half marathon run, what we'll do is we'll pull the lower body volume right back of your gym sessions. So let's say you've got half marathon in two weeks time, like this week and next week, what we're going to do is we're going to probably drop your back squat down to, I don't know, to a four to five RPE. So we're just moving through the range of motion. We're not really causing too much fatigue so that you've then got more to give with your lower body. And what you tend to find is, is that when your lower body gets this, again, this is like a hypothetical kind of, airy fairy kind of description to use it but your your lower body will go oh i've not got that fatigue from the from the squats and then you'll feel that a little bit more lighter on your feet um this is definitely where i was like you get this kind of conflict in your mind where i remember doing this that exact strategy and then i started like the running that i was doing the two weeks before i was oh my god my legs just feel so much better i feel so much freer I'm like, oh yeah, you signed up to do this this hybrid style of training, mate. You're not just a runner. If you're a runner, this is how you probably always feel. Um, but you signed up to do this kind of um this style of training. So you best get used to getting that fatigue back in your legs. Another thing to note as well is that there is a mindset, there is an approach with training um that we can consider is that if you are going into a run with fatigue already in your legs there is an argument to be had that you will elicit the response that you want from that run with your lower body earlier in that run. So you don't need to run 10K to get the response that you want. You may get it after 5K because your legs are fatigued. So there is a positive of doing that. There's a bit of research out there to suggest some going into runs fatigued can actually bring the benefits of that run that a little bit earlier. It's quite wishy-washy, I'm not going to lie, but from what I've read, um, it is something that you can work with uh, like pre-fatigue running um so yeah become specific become specific don't just think you can be a jack of all trades like when we talk about hybrid training we don't you don't need to be swimming running jumping cartwheeling fucking playing football playing basketball like, that's not necessarily a hybrid athlete this happens every podcast. I get that point. I get to a point in the podcast where I'm like, fuck, am I recording? I'm recording, thankfully. Um, become specific on what you actually want. Like, what do you want out of this hybrid training? Is there a particular thing that you would love to be able to do? And I think you've got to be, you've got to get quite goal, goal, goal specific with this because yeah, okay. Like it's quite fun to be able to train multiple disciplines, but there will be times where you're like, oh my God, like, why am I even, why am I lifting weights this heavy when I know that if I didn't lift weights this heavy, I would be better at running. You've got to consider the fact that like you've choose you've chosen to do this. Like this is something you need to do. So is it going to be a case of, right, I want to, I want to do a high rocks, but I also want to be able to, I want to be able to hit that 
that target of overhead press and 100 kilograms that I've been trying to do for ages, like have have a couple of different goals to work with. And what you also need to understand as well is that like if you've got a good coach with this, they will be trying their best to make both disciplines complement each other. It's not like you're going to be purposely doing something in one discipline to completely take you out of the game for the other one. Like, for example, I've got a client who's going to be coming on, who's going to be doing high rocks, but wants to, like high rocks is, is very, it's, it's hybrid. High rocks is essentially hybrid in a sense anyway, because of the fact that you run, but also there is like weightlifting aspects to it um, where you need to be strong, like for the erg machines and the wall balls and the walking lunges, like there are high, high rocks, like high rocks, like hybrid, like I'm pretty sure that's what it means, like high rocks. Um, it sounds like I'm saying hi to someone as well there. Hi, rocks. How you doing, mate? Um, so yeah, like that is essentially that is hybrid training in itself. Um, but we need to understand that like most coaches will not just willy nilly just they won't have you on the hack squat on a Monday, absolutely annihilating your legs, and then have you run on a Tuesday and go, this is hybrid training, bro. Get used to it. Like you're gonna be running like fucking. You've shot yourself constantly that's not what you're looking for. Like you're looking for something to complement each other. So I want to make that very clear as well. Like your training has to complement. Like I don't go into the gym on a Monday with the intention of annihilating my legs so that I can't play football at night. Like I train at half four on a Monday and there is back squats involved. There's walking lunges involved. I know, I know I can lift heavier. I know, but my RPE and the weight selection, the auto regulation of training is, is it's obviously something that develops over time you need to be smart to understand that like we're not going to be going absolutely ham on walking lunges until we can't walk because that's going to compromise me for my training at night you've got to think about this strategically um and that's something that's it's hard to do like i've i've not always got it right and i'm probably in a certain aspect not getting it right just now um but i think if probably this is the this is as right as i've ever got it if i'm being honest and the one secret that i have to why I feel like I'm getting it right just now and I didn't get it right before. I've not drank alcohol since before Christmas. Well, since since New Year. I had a couple of beers on New Year. That was the last time I've drank alcohol and I am recovering better than I've ever recovered before. It is like, it's just, it's mental. Like it really is. It's, it's ludicrous how much better I'm recovering. Um, and you would think, but yeah, you can have a, like, have a drink at the weekend and stuff like that. And I will, like I am actually gasping for a drink. I'm thinking about it a lot now. I don't know why I keep thinking about a Guinness. I'm not sure why. I just keep thinking about one. I know I'm going to pick it and it's going to be a shit Guinness. It's going to be my first drink back and it's going to be absolutely terrible. But anyway, yeah, the lack of alcohol has allowed me to kind of train this way so much better. I train seven days a week, um, two training sessions at football, four gym sessions, four gym sessions, four with one high rock session chucked in there football game on a Saturday and then a run on a Sunday and I'm recovering totally fine. Don't get me wrong, there's been the odd niggle here and there. But that lack of alcohol has equaled better sleep over a seven-day period, has equaled better recovery. So, yeah. When you start this style of training, definitely just give yourself the opportunity to adjust. And I think that is us right at the end. But as we come to the end, let me just quickly mention our amazing sponsor, Colin M. Smith's. Um, Enforfer, Arbroath, and Kerry Muir. Well done. One one week, Ryan, you will remember where they are. 
Um, if you need anything, TVs, washing machines, Nutribullet, you know what I actually want? I'm really tempted, maybe not now, but maybe in the summer, I'm really quite tempted to get one of those Ninja Creamy things, you know, like the ice cream makers. I don't know if any, has anyone actually got one of them? If anyone listening has, has one of them and actually thinks it's any good, please let me know because I fucking love ice cream and I think I'd probably like to make like my own protein ice cream because I'm just a fiend for going into the, like just eating a whole tub of ice cream. Like at once. I mean, I tend to select the Halo top ones so that when you do finish it, you're kind of like, Meh. at least it was only 370 calories. At least I've not actually just went and plowed down like 1,500 calories. Um, but it's certainly, it's, it's like my my vice now ice cream. It's the thing I go to at the weekend. I'm sat like a, a heroin addict, like on the sofa at night. Like I'm pretty sure other people will do this as well. Like I take an, a part of the ice cream, like I'll take the ice cream, ice cream ice cream out of the uh, out of the freezer i'll put some into a bowl <clears throat> and then the minute that i step away from that ice cream tub and sit down on the sofa i'm like fucking there's barely anything left in that ice cream tub mate that you could just go through and you could just eat that ice cream is one of these um foods that's just got this it, hyper palatability like you could sit and just eat, well i certainly could i could sit and eat and eat and eat and eat it and then what happens is obviously like your your the saliva in your mouth starts going and you're like it's one of these foods that's really hard to stop eating and then really hard to stop thinking about afterwards. I'm pretty sure it's manufactured in that way. I'm pretty sure there must be some sort of additives within it that just make you want to eat more. But yeah, that's why having Halo Top is good because you can you can eat the whole tub and kind of go, meh, at least it is only that amount of calories. But anyway, I will stop blethering now. Um, hopefully you came away from this podcast understanding what it takes to be a hybrid athlete a little bit more. I don't want to kind of overuse that phrase because it's just a little bit, it's kind of overcomplicated for just someone that just likes lifting weights and they like running at the same time. We know that, what we know as well is, is that like running is complemented by aspects of training in the gym, but not necessarily like trying to squat, deadlift and bench as much as you can. Like there are particular approaches that you would take to complement your running, but it doesn't look like that doesn't look like trying to squat as many plates as you can like that has very little crossover to actual running don't get me wrong strength training does have a crossover to improving your running and if every runner was strength training they'd be they'd probably be a better runner um so yeah i'll stop there hope everyone enjoyed that if you did enjoy it or even if you didn't enjoy it share it and slag your shit out of me um on facebook call me a prick but if you share it i'll be happy anyway so yeah also, give the podcast a rating if you can. Um, that would be very nice. Hopefully, you rate it decently. If you rate it one star, then I don't want to hear it. Um, I would rather you just message me and call me a prick um, and say that you don't like what I have to say. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much. Goodbye. Next week, we will have Ellie on the podcast. I don't care if she's spewing all over this screen. She will be on this podcast. And by then, we should actually know. Not Well, I say we should know. We will know um, if we're having a boy or a girl. So, that's exciting. Um, They'll be a nine to five athlete regardless of what they are.